everybody. Welcome to Stock Bites for Tuesday, September 29th. Fun show for you today. I'm going to touch on COVID deaths. Uh, the world recently hit a million deaths, with the U.S. being the reported leader at over 200,000. Uh, we have Trump's tax returns that were allegedly released by the New York Times. I don't know. That may be fake news. Uh, we have a beastly update. Did you know that our picks... Uh, for our stock subscription newsletter at richby36.com are beating the S&P by close to 40% since we started the newsletter in early August. That's that's pretty nice. And we're also going to run the first half of the latest Money Talks blogcast. This episode uh, discusses budgeting in a one-income household. So you can always reach me at george at richby36.com. You can follow along on Twitter at stock underscore bytes. Let's get to the show. All right, so first up, the world just hit a million COVID deaths. And again, the U.S. is leading the way at over 200,000. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like this is going to end anytime soon. Apparently, cases in the U.S. are, are jumping up again to over 40,000 a day. Uh, people are still working from home. Small businesses are still struggling. Schools are still trying to figure out how to get kids back into the classroom safely. And with winter coming, you're going to have more people moving inside, right? It, <laughs> I should say uh, in the north, right, where, where it actually gets cold. Down here in Houston, we're having some awesome weather. It's like 69 degrees today. This is great patio weather. So I think for the south, uh, winter shouldn't be that big of a deal. People will be able to sit outside, eat outside. The summer was really where we had to worry, where you had to be inside all the time. And I think that they've figured out, you know, this virus spreads when you're inside. It doesn't react well to UV light. If you're outside on a patio and you're socially distant, you should be fine, right? So um, just be careful. If if you walk into a place and it looks like business as usual, leave. If they're not, you know, if the tables aren't spread out, if people aren't wearing masks, just leave. Um, and I'd, anyway, I, I do think that you can extrapolate this to the market. I don't think that the work from home trade is finished. I think companies that can reach consumers in their homes still have a long way to run. And if you think about what would get people back into the economy, back into schools, back into the workplace, get life back to normal, what would it be? A vaccine? I mean, I don't think so. We can't even get people to take smallpox vaccines. Do you really think that the entire country is going to jump at a COVID vaccine? There's, there's still a certain percentage of people who think that this whole thing is a hoax. You know, find companies that can reach consumers in their homes. I think that's a pretty good trade. And we talked uh, in a pretty recent blog post about certainty and uncertainty. You have the election coming up. By the way, that's going to be this, this debate tonight. I'm terrified to watch it. You know, I, cr I cringe thinking about it. Uh, it has the potential to go really, really poorly for both sides. Uh, but I do think it's going to be must-watch television. Uh, anyway, that's a pretty nice segue. Trump's tax returns were released, showing some pretty astounding figures. And look, he's saying that this is all fake news. The only thing that he has to do to prove that it is fake news is release his tax returns, which he hasn't done. But, you know... 
these returns showed that he got like a $72 million return in 2010, you know, 72 million back from the government. The last couple of years, he's paid around 750 bucks in, in income tax on over $450 million in income. And my question is, you know, people are, 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 people are making a big deal out of this. My question is, why are you surprised? The tax code was written by rich people for rich people. Amazon, Netflix, Starbucks, CenturyLink, Chevron, Deere, Delta Airlines, Eli Lilly, FedEx, GM, Goodyear, Honeywell, JetBlue, MGM, all those companies paid $0 in federal income taxes in 2018. These companies and people like President Trump, they have access to the accountants, the CPAs, and the legislators who write the tax laws. They're, these companies and these rich people, their political contributions get people elected and influence the creation of the laws. They know exactly where to hide their money to pay the least amount of taxes possible. You know, and for President Trump, 750 bucks. But again, this, this shouldn't be a surprise. I talked last week about the leaked FinCEN documents that show over $2 trillion in money laundering through large banks over the last 20 years. There's going to be no reprimand for these banks. They're not going to have to give any of the money that they made laundering the dirty money back. You know, this is all just par for the course. The system, it's, it's rigged by rich people for rich people. And the only, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. This shouldn't be a surprise. Middle class, lower class people, we shoulder the burden of taxes, right? We don't have access to these high-powered attorneys and, and CPAs. We don't get to influence the creation of legislation. It's just not how it works. And, you know, you could be upset and get mad or, or you can think and figure and educate yourself and think about how you can get to that next phase that next strategy you can want more and then figure out how to go and get it so one final note before we turn to the beastly uh, our newsletter there's something that i noticed uh uh over the weekend all these nfl coaches they're being forced to wear face masks and but they're still covering their faces with their play sheets when they're calling in the plays, even though nobody can see what their mouths are doing anyway because they're wearing a mask. Like, what are you guys doing? Just, you don't have to be, I mean, you're, you're taking super secretive and like the fear of lip reading to a whole new level here. And just a side note here, a big shout out to my Aunt Kathy, who in my fantasy league, for some reason, dropped Tyler Lockett this week. I was able to swoop him up. Uh, before he had, I think, the biggest game of his career over the weekend. So let's move to the Beastly here. Uh, since we started this newsletter, and again, richby36.com, we send out a weekly stock newsletter where we use fundamental and technical analysis to find three trades that we like uh, for the week. And, and these are not cryptos, penny stocks, options. This isn't for gamblers. You know, we want to put our money into quality companies that have solid fundamentals that are moving in the right direction. 
Well, since we started the newsletter, our recommendations are up 35.9% compared to negative 3.26% for the S&P 500. That's almost 40% of outperformance since the middle of August, a month and a half. That's pretty good. Some of the stocks that we've recommended, Nike on August 16th at a price of 106, currently sitting at 125. That same week, we recommended Visa at 196, currently sitting at 201. Bandwidth, we recommended last week, up almost 13%. Zillow, the week before, up almost 20%. We've had losers as well. Kroger, DocuSign, State Street, you know, those, all those companies, Haynes, Celestial, those companies are down from where we recommended them. But when we send out the letter, and this is, I think, what makes us a, a true value add for you. When we send out the, uh, the letter, we identify, we obviously identify what you should buy. And why you should buy it. But then we also show you where you should sell it. If the market moves against us, what level does that stock have to fall to to signal a reversal in the trend? And then we also give you upside targets. You know, based on technical analysis, these are the most likely areas of resistance where the stock will experience a pullback. So we tell you what to buy, why to buy it, and then where to sell it if it moves up. And where to sell it if it moves down and the trend reverses on us. So I want to give you an example here. Um, Hain Celestial Group was a company that we recommended last week. And it's down uh, about $2 since we recommended it. And here's what I wrote about Hain. Hain Celestial markets, manufactures, and sells organic and natural better-for-you products. Teas, snacks, personal care, and groceries. Their products are sold in 75 countries. Hain is in the later innings of a total company revamp called Project Terra, which has four key pillars. Simplify their portfolio, strengthen their capabilities, expand profit margins and cash flow, and reinvigorate profitable top-line growth. During the fourth quarter of 2019, they eliminated 350 low-velocity and low-profitability products, which which will result in expanded future profits profits and expanded shelf space for the remaining profits. Excuse me, let me retry let me retry that sentence. During the fourth quarter of 2019, they eliminated 350 low velocity and low profitability products, which will will result in expanded future profits and expanded shelf space for their remaining products. According to the company's June 20th financial report, COVID has actually boosted their sales, which makes sense logically. COVID is a virus that attacks your immune system. Customers have been making conscious decisions with their behavior and their money to strengthen their immune systems by eating healthier, taking more vitamins, and staying inside. The lockdowns increased the amount of cooking being done in the home as, the, as entire countries weren't allowed to leave their houses and restaurants around the world were shut down. So you have, you have a company in the middle of a product rationalization and cost-cutting efforts that produces healthy, better-for-you products and a global pandemic. You'll see that their net sales declined for the year ended June 2020. They have fewer products to sell. But their cost of sales declined even more. They're selling fewer products that are more profitable, equating to an almost 17% increase in gross profit compared to the same time last year. That's gross profit this year of $465 billion. That's pretty good for selling teas and soaps and groceries, right? 
If you look at Haynes' performance over the last three years compared to the iShares U.S. Consumer Goods ETF, you'll see that Haynes bottomed out relative to their peers at the beginning of 2019. Once Project Terra began, they started to dig themselves out of the cellar. And there's a couple of charts uh, that are in that email that you know that give color to this, that show you, that help you visualize exactly how this company has been performed, what their profit margin has been doing. And then we also talk about, uh, and here, you know, we, re- we recommend how to play. So we said that you should buy this stock at market open for around $35.38. To protect your downside against the trend reversal, we recommended a good to canceled stop loss order at $30.98 per share. So you can either set the stop loss order or just set an alert. But what we're saying here is once Haynes Celestial, if it crosses $30.98 a share, it signals a trend reversal and it's time to exit the position because our thesis has been proven wrong. We had two upside targets. Uh, we said you should sell some or all of Hain once it hits $45.38 per share with a second upside target at $57.54 per share. And that's using technical analysis to figure out where there's going to be likely levels of resistance for the stock. So we had a a 12.44% downside uh, with our first upside target representing 28% to the upside and the second upside target representing a potential gain of 62%. That's pretty good, right? And we're using... Fundamental analysis to tell you what to buy and why you should buy it. We had a technical screen to tell you when to sell it. And it's working. Again, we're up almost 40% relative to the S&P 500 since we started the, the newsletter. So if you want to get these, you can head to richby36.com. Click on the Beastly newsletter to sign up. There's several different links on the, on the homepage. We're offering your first two weeks for free with no obligation to continue. That's six trades for free. You can cancel at any time. All right, I'm going to end the week by running the first half of our latest Money Talks blogcast. I sat down with a teacher whose wife uh, is currently going back to school to become a nurse, and we talk about budgeting and communicating about money in a one-income household. You know, we, we get into some of the lessons that he's learned over the last year since they moved from two incomes to one, some of the difficulties that they've had. There's a second half to this interview where I give my thoughts on the topics that we discussed. And I'm very grateful for Brian. Uh, He was extraordinarily candid and open about his situation. And and that's not easy to do. Um, This this is one of my favorite topics about money, just your relationship with money. Uh, I think that most people ignore it and just hope, you know, hope that it gets better over time and, and, and they don't. And when it, when it does rear its head, it, it's often argumentative. Um, and so we, we dive into that. And, you know, the, the second half of the interview talks about budgeting. Uh, you know, I show you my spreadsheet that my wife and I used. Uh, we, we talk about communicating about money in a productive manner, building better money habits. There's hyperlinks to mint.com, acorns.com, Dave Ramsey's Seven Baby Steps. And, and a couple other really good resources for those of you who are looking to tighten up your your budget or change your relationship with money. So if you want to hear the second half of that interview, see the links to the budget my wife and I use and those other hyperlinks, head to richby36.com, click on the Money Talks blogcast at the top of the page, then click on the Budgeting and Communication Show. 
That'll do it for me for this week. Thanks. All right, Brian, thanks for joining me on richby36.com. When we spoke earlier, you told me that your number one challenge with money was saving. And this is specifically challenging for you because you're supporting your wife while she finishes school. So can you tell me a little bit more about what specifically you're struggling with? My wife and I were used to a particular lifestyle. We both were bringing in the income. We were used to going out to eat. We uh, used to traveling and just uh, being able to do some other things like go on spending trips and just purchase new clothes, new, uh, you know. And myself, I also have some expensive hobbies. I collect quite a few things like video games or sports cards and comics. So struggling to maintain that lifestyle and do things differently with having the one income. How long ago did did y'all move from two incomes to one? About a year. So during that year, or maybe even before that, did you and, and your wife ever, do y'all talk about money? Sure. We talked about money. Uh, when Since we've been married, we joined accounts. So money became um, something of conversation. So mainly that mainly we would talk about, mainly it would be her telling me, why did I spend this? What money on this? <laughs> So it would be argumentative, but at times we would get together to to talk about upcoming payments that we may have or Mm -hmm. things that we planned on doing in the future and come up with a savings plan for it. So is is the conversation regular or sporadic? It would be probably once a month around times when certain bills were due, but occasionally uh, we would just see something like a commercial and say, hey, we should go there or, hey, we want to do this. And so we would come up with a way to save up for that. What What has changed about how you manage money since you've moved to one income? Well, we've been trying to be proactive. And as soon as I get paid, we'll put a 20% of that at the start of that. As soon as I get paid into our savings. And I've had to take on some extra jobs. I've was a Lyft driver for a while. I do tutoring on the side and uh, as well as I'm selling some of those collectibles that I've collected over the yeah. years. So that, that how did y'all decide on that 20% number? It was just something we felt comfortable in. I think at one point in time, we sat down and we budgeted how much uh, our expenses are that come out of our auto pays every month. And we decided yeah. this would be a good number to put away. Okay. Do y'all, do y'all have a budget? We haven't sat down and done it in a while. I've since yeah. paid off my car and we have, and you know, when certain expenses go away, that budget changes and we haven't sat down and done it in a while. What, you know, what information tools or, or resources do you feel like you're lacking uh, that would, that would help that would make the, either the conversation that you have on a you know monthly basis easier or the, the budgeting process easier? What, what do you wish you had that you don't? Well, really sitting down and budgeting is stressful. It can be stressful. You realize how much you don't have or or realize um, that you may not be able to obtain that certain travel expense or shopping expense you want to do. So to make the make it less stressful, if there is an app or um, or an Excel sheet or something, uh, guidelines, 
or even steps on what to do when you're going to sit down and budget. Yeah. I'll tell you, man, we, at the start of this year, we were over $20,000 in credit card debt. We traveled a bunch last year and, you know, we didn't, we just, we just went and we put it on the credit cards, you know, and we figured we'd get to it later. And, uh, having that much money in credit card debt, it, it, I grinded over it hard, man. It would keep me up at night. And, uh, so we, you know, for, for me and my wife, we would sit down. I, I made a, I made her do this with me and I'm the money guy in the house, right? Like I, I handle all the bills and all that sort of stuff. But at the beginning of every month, we would, I made her sit down at the dinner table with me and go, and just basically take a pen and paper and go, here's how much money we have in our bank account. Here's how much we owe. Here's what our expenses are for the, for the coming months. And it led to tears, uh, on multiple occasions. It was a very difficult conversation to have in the beginning, but we found that like it takes two or three months. It took us two or three months to really start to make a dent. But then once you see the the progress that you're making, it becomes a lot easier. You almost start to look forward to the conversation. And, and my situation is different, right? Getting out of credit card debt, but like seeing the, it's going to suck in the beginning, but then you get on the same page and you start to both attack the issue together. And then all of a sudden, you know, that, that third month, that fourth month, you're saying, okay, Hey, look, we we actually have done good here. And if we keep this up for, you know, another couple of months, we'll be out of the hole that we dug ourselves into. It was a, that the reward for having those tough conversations was, uh, it was awesome to to have that. So anyway, that's a little, little tangent. Um, if you like, so you've been doing this for a year. If you, based on what you've learned and experienced over the past year, what would you tell yourself at the beginning, tell you and your wife at the beginning of this, you know, a year, a year and a half ago, uh, what advice would you give your former self? Set up, like you said, that gives me hope to set up a regular time. We know that this process works. We know that sitting down and budgeting the expenses, what needs to be paid, what you have, we know that that works to set up a regular time to do that. That's yeah. probably what I would tell myself and our, um, our and my wife to, for us to set up. Have there been any uh, emotional or, or physical side effects, you know, whether it's stress or lack of sleep or anything like that? I mean, there's stress that you're not going to get to spend. You you can't go buy clothes and have that expensive thing and purchase nice things for yourself that you want to have. But that's really, man, if that's all I'm worried about, I'm good. We're in okay. a comf- we're, <laughs> we're a lot we're in a lot more comfortable spot, I would say, than a lot of people. So there's a lot to be grateful for. But there is some benefits and doing that process for just for us last question for you uh are you guys closer now uh you know after doing this for a year and or how has this impacted your relationship i think when we sit down and do the process we're one step closer to each other and that's something that we both want to be so i think that that's something that we need to do more of in the future all right brian 
Thanks for coming on today. Thanks, George, for having me. 